What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Greetings and welcome to The Hesitant Healer. We are uh, currently up in Idlewild, California at a retreat. Uh, this is recorded out of sequence, so it's going to sound a little bit different. But uh, we're interviewing Kat and Stephanie, who are part of our tribe. And today's theme is going to be on tribe. So I'm going to lead right into the questioning with Kat and Steph. Here we go. First up, we have Kat. Say hello, Kat. Hi, good morning. And then we have Stephanie, who wants to be called Steph. Say hi, Steph. Hello, good morning. Okay, so we are talking about tribe, and uh, I'm going to ask Kat and Steph a little bit about what they have learned since they kind of joined this tribe and maybe what they were looking for prior to and maybe what they've found since they got into this and what they're hoping to continue to do. So I'll start with Kat. How did you get here, Kat? Well, um, I actually saw you <laughs> um, as, I was, a, as a client, as a client, yep. having chronic uh, pain issues in the neck and shoulder for 15 years or so, and was able to heal through cranial sacral therapy. And I remember maybe it was like the third session and I was on the table and I asked you, so can anyone learn how to do this? And you said, yes, and you need to do this. <laughs> yeah. So that kind that sounds of, like me. it really was intriguing. And that was the spark that sent me off on this path, which has probably been about four or five years now. Um, it was a long journey, uh, having a full-time job elsewhere. So now I have uh, gone through massage school and I'm learning cranial sacral therapy and myofascial release. And those are really the two modalities that I want to work with. And you have a full-time job already, correct? I do. And therein lies the predicament. <laughs> but that, that's the predicament now. When you were going through it, you came to me uh, just to deal with some of the chronic pain and to dive a little bit deeper into it without going into great detail. In addition to the cranial sacral therapy, there was a lot of emotional content that was tied in with your physical body pain. And in, in processing through a lot of the emotional trauma that was tied with the physical trauma that we've talked a little bit about uh, in prior episodes, that started to unwind and release a lot of the chronic pain you were having, yeah? Absolutely. So uh, it's not that you were really called to be a healer, but through that work, as you learned more about yourself, you felt more engaged to want to go learn these other things. Yes, yes. And that, in turn, has led to... I wonder if I should quit my job. Uh, you know what? Honestly, John, I, I would I would disagree about called to be a healer. I think uh, I think what I would say, knowing Kat as well as I do now, I would say that she found her calling to be a healer. Well, let me ask you this, Kat. Is it a thing that you always thought was there? No, not at all. So it popped up when you started doing the work on yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Did it feel like a calling? Yes. So 
you discovered it. I would say later in life, but you're not an old gal. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. You're, you're welcome. That was, that was- so nice. Because I started to say you're no. As you raise your eyebrows. Well, I started to say you're no spring chicken, and I I caught myself. Hey man, I own it. I own it. Yes. All right, but you look fabulous. So where are you now in this journey? Um. So now I'm sort of like at the crux of trying to navigate the waters of letting go of the other job. Um, and it really, originally I was looking to do this as like a semi-retirement and then just see where that leads me, do as much or as little as I want. Which is a, a, a little bit of my story as well. And I, I find that a lot of healers, uh, have lived life and gotten experience and healed and worked on themselves and then find that they need to give back because that's part of the experience. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let's go over to Stephanie. Steph, she's making faces, folks. <laughs> oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, um, oh, good. We will find that a lot of the people up here this weekend are all kind of in the same transition. Interestingly enough, what's happened with this group that we have is that as they've started working on their gifts, as they've started working on bettering themselves and becoming healers themselves, they're finding that it really gets in the way of their day jobs, right? <laughs> Is that not true? I, you know, and I, I had the same problem in jail. I mean, I had this great county job, but I started learning about this healing and massaging and, and giving back, and it was really getting in the way of my county job, right? And eventually, you, you got to jump. Eventually, at some point, or not, you can stay stuck and be in jail all your life, I says to myself. Uh, and, and at some point, it just doesn't work anymore. You cannot be stifled and be a healer and work on other people. I, I think I said recently, you, you, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. It's a line out of the big book of AA. You can't transmit something you haven't got. So you find that when you start opening up and freeing your world and, and learning a lot about these healing modalities... Uh, being in that dead end job doesn't work, and I'll, I'll I'll say this through gritted teeth and kind of wincingly: being in that dead end relationship doesn't work either, and being in any part of dead end friendship, any kind of thing that's not working in your life, life is conductive to movement. Movement is conductive to life. You can't be stagnant in one area and be free in all the other areas because that stagnant thing is going to pull and yank and and literally pull the sweater apart if you don't deal with it. That's just the way this thing works, kids. So let's go back to Stephanie. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about you. What do you do for a living? I am a pediatric physical therapist for 21 years. Ooh, how is that? You like it? I love it. She loves I her job. I really, really love my job. So... What are you learning about that has caused you to be here, and do you have a dilemma with it lately? I am also on my craniosacral journey. I have done uh, the work of craniosacral one and two, and am getting regular craniosacral work done on my person. And this is where I met John. I went and saw him and uh, got a couple of massages, lessons, treatments, whatever you want to call them. And 
the rest is history. I've got to keep going. I just have to keep going. This are, is... are you finding, like, Kat, that it it's interfering a little bit with your work? Oh, goodness. Yes. <laughs> so I, But I was thinking that my work was interfering with my learning instead of me this interfering with my work. And I, I will say that the job that you mentioned, that, that is a county job. It is. So, it is. so when we're in these big, giant um, institutions – hospitals, jails, departments, government entities, there is a lot of stifling there, right? We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. It, it, you can be doing a job for all the right reasons and wanting to help, but you could be totally stuck in the infrastructure of a giant corporation or a giant institution that is, is just stifling from the top down. That changes its rules and regulations as quickly as, you know, I change my underwear. Um, and, and, and when you get into the meat and potatoes of it, it's not healing at all. And they're not there to help people. It's a government agency. Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you, right? Remember one of the biggest five lies in America? I won't I won't tell the other four because they're kind of dirty. Yeah. But, but, you know, I mean, it just doesn't work. And so when you get to where Stephanie's at right now, and she's learned that healing, there are other modalities and there are things that you can do that truly help people, and then you excitedly try and take it back to the institution, what happens, Steph? It kind of falls on dead ears, dead eyes. It's... It is challenging. It is challenging. There are several therapists who are super dedicated to the children and really, really work to help these families in need. Um, but yes, we are working under the infrastructure, the big bureaucratic brontosaur of County San Bernardino. And therefore, it is challenging to bring your gifts at the way that we want to bring our gifts. You know, my, my wife used to be a probation officer. When I first met her, she worked in juvenile probation, and she would come home and tell these stories, and and all I remember thinking was, you're, you're putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. You can't stop it, right? And it, it, I tend to view, there's a couple sayings I use as mantras. One of them is, I, I choose to heal the world one person at a time, because I, I've been in places where I see the big picture, and I feel the big picture, and it's too overwhelming for me. It's too big. I can't get my head around fixing the entire system. There are people out there who have that calling and who are good at it. I'm not one of them, right? So I choose to heal the world one person at a time. I also like to say, I hate all stupid people equally. Um, Because... <laughs> I'll leave that one alone. All right. So, Steph, you mentioned when when we said we were going to talk about tribe, you got all giddy and excited and said, "Oh, that's my thing." What does tribe mean to you? Tribe is so important to me. I have never in my twenty seven odd years of being a physical therapist been without a team or community of therapists that I could bounce things off of. And these new skills are definitely not something that are in the traditional realms of physical therapy with the um, apparatus and gait trainers and standards and bracing and all the things. Um, what I do with my hands is not 
quite as socially acceptable as all of those things. And therefore, having a community of like-minded healers has been so significant to my journey and my confidence in following A my good path. Point. Very good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. self-confidence. So having a team and having a group and having a tribe is is a really good way to build self-confidence, to do esteemable things. Let's ask Lisa Kay what tribe means to her. Well, I had a story, actually. So John kind of shared about when he met, uh, re-met Sister Joan Marie and uh, started going to these meetings. And um, I have to schedule John's week um, because we have clients, he's got commitments, he's family, um, all of those kind of things. And he went the first time, and honestly, I had a thought that uh, I'm going to say this nicely because we are friends. Every once in a while, John will start something, and then it just, he does it once, and then he stops. Wait, 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 what? (laughs) You know, I like to tell some people that when things come up like that, I have people for that. Lisa is the people for that. (laughs) So, thank you. Um, I, uh, he he went to the little healers meeting, and uh, he came back, and his eyes were lit up, and he was on fire for... Uh, healing again, uh, which was wonderful to see, and it's just grown and grown and grown. So tribe is super, super, super important. It It is those people around you uh, who get you, who... Uh, what does it do for you? Uh, what does it do for me? It gives me a place where I can be me. Uh I, I am not a healer per se, but I do speak to every client that comes in. I, I talk to a lot of the people that we deal with, and um, I get to be professional, Lisa, right? Seriously, she is the glue that keeps the business together. That's no <laughs> bullshit. I, I was running a business by myself and doing just fine. She did these little bitty things like callbacks and asking about, would you like to tip? And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> and I had so many people say, I didn't know I could tip. Hell, if I knew I could tip, I'd have been doing this the whole time. I, at bottom line, went through the roof when Lisa Kay came on and started doing little things that had to do with uh, just checking up on the client and seeing how they're doing. It was amazing. So... My point to that is, and I love, love, love doing that. I love interacting. I love talking to the people. But that's that's professional, Lisa. And I can't always be real Lisa uh, there. But when we are with the tribe, when we are with the group that we have kind of assembled around us, I get to just be me. I can say, like, gosh, it was a hard day. Or, uh, you know, when, when my mom passed, it was a really hard time, you know, or... Any of those little tiny things where you get to be real. You can't you can't have a client walk in and go, you know what? The people on the street today, traffic was horrible and this jerk pulled in front of me. I can't do that. I have to say, hey, it's really good to see you. How's it going? Um, so it's nice to be in a spot where you are accepted and where people let you be you. So tribe allows you to be yourself. Exactly. Tribe is also a good surrogate family. 
Yes. You may not know this. Y'all out there, listener, you may not have this experience, but a lot of us don't have cohesive tribe-like families. (laughs) And so a tribe of like-minded individuals who are accepting and open to what we have to say can be very life Affirming. Thank you. Because I was going to say effacing, and that's not right. Can be very life affirming and can do so much for self esteem and where you want to go next. Last up, I want to ask Kat what tribe means to her. Well, you just stole my thought because it is a family. And it's a family that is, it uplifts me, it nurtures me. And, you know, you can have, I think other professions can have a, well, sort of a tribe or a community, mm-hmm. but at least for myself personally, those just really are more about, well, bitch sessions <laughs> or, you know, technical advice on how to execute this, that, and the other. This is different in some way. So, you know, especially for me, like in my journey where I'm at right now, still dealing with a little bit of the imposter syndrome. Mm. Um, That's so Can real. I do this? I can't do this. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. the devil and the angel on my shoulders. Right. Um, but this tribe gives me that. And like Lisa said, I can just be me. And sometimes you just need to come into uh, one of our circles and just lean or just unload, and that's okay. And it's, to the term of family, it's um, unconditional love. And you're not going to get that, people, in the corporate world. (laughs) That made me tear up a little. (laughs) Yeah. So, John. Yes. What does tribe mean to you? Oh, so now you're going to interview me. All right. I get it. Um. Well, there's a question. I wow, Lisa stumped me. I hate when she does that. <laughs> I don't know that I've always had a tribe. And in convergence to that, I probably have always had a tribe. They've all been different. I know certainly in uh, in the AA group, that was my tribe for a long time. And then uh, as I kind of segged out of that, uh, I will I will tell you that my therapist told me one day that I needed to get out of the rooms and get into the world, and I thought that was a pretty profound thing to say. It's not to say that I needed to stop going to AA. I just needed to not live my life in there. And uh, if you are an AA person and you have controversy with that, I welcome a hearty debate. Uh, it's not to say that I don't believe in AA. I already talked about that as well. You just need to get out into the world and practice this shit, right? You can't stay locked up in a room with all the like-minded individuals because then you slip from tribe to cult. And when we get into cult and culty things, now you have a, a click and and you're not interacting with the world, right? I think one of the things we're doing is we all learn is that we're going to have to give this thing away. And in order to do that, you kind of have to build some self-confidence and you kind of have to learn how to interact with people and use the gift that you have. Uh, in fact, this this trip this weekend, a lot of us have all ended up in the same place as, as Steph and Kat were both talking about in that they're in that transitional space of, can I do this? Who am I? Am I becoming this person? 
Do I really deserve to be this person? All the things that happen with imposter syndrome, and and it's a tough nut to crack. I will tell you, I don't think I've mentioned this before, that that but I do tell people this all the time. I knew I could have been where I am at right now 10, 15 years ago working in jail. I had set myself up to be successful this way. I had set myself up to go out and strike out on my own and do my own business, and I I couldn't pull the trigger. I stayed in jail an extra 10 years doing jaily things and working for the sheriff department knowing that I could be out of it and be on my own and build a a business and become a successful business person and healer. And I just couldn't jump. I couldn't do it. You know, there's a great, great, uh, I don't know if you call it a meme or a clip on YouTube. You can look it up. Steve Harvey called Jump, right? Look that thing up. He talks exactly about this, right? You get to that precipice and you're looking over the edge and you're scared shitless, jump. If you don't want to do it and you're scared to do it and you're afraid of what people think of you, jump. If you know you're at the place where you should be doing something different and you're not doing it and you're squandering one of God's gifts, jump, right? I saw that thing. I'm like, damn, damn. Still another three, four years before I did it, right? I mean, I jumped, but I stood there a long time and enjoyed the view, you know, and and a lot of us do that. So uh, uh, many of the people that are coming up this weekend, and by many, I think there's seven of us, um, they're kind of all in that place. This this tribe that we've built that we're getting together and talking about it, we're all feeding off of each other, which was just talked about. We're all feeding off of each other and kind of kind of goading everybody to jump, right? We're kind of, we're think of those teenagers that are kind of standing at the bridge that want to jump off into the water there and they're, they're, they're daring each other to go and they're kind of pushing them and the other ones are pushing back, but nobody's really getting off the bridge. But, and, or, or you go down halfway to where the rocks are and you jump in and that felt okay. And now you get the courage up to go up to the bridge, whatever, right? We're kind of up here to encourage each other to jump. And, and, this to me, in answer to your question, Lisa Kay. I was hoping you were going to get there. This, Lisa Kay, is what tribe means to me. We encourage and we love and we envelop and we force lovingly each other to be better humans, better healers, better people, and then we jump, right? Thanks for listening. I want you all to have a great day. Say goodbye, Lisa. Goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye, Kat. Goodbye. Have a good day. Say goodbye, Steph. Goodbye. Thank you, guys. Peace out, dogs. Peace out.